0: Well, when you think of the sounds of the season, this has to be one of the five you think of. Ring Crosby and White Christmas. And today, when we go to film school here in a moment, Joe Fortunato is going to look at that movie, which to me is one of the can't misses of the holiday season. So with that all said and done, let's bring him in. film study professor, Joe Fortunato, as we go to film school today, Joe, and you're going to talk to us about White Christmas, my friend.
1: That's right, Ray. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And we're kicking off uh, the month of December with uh, several weeks of holiday films. So today we're going to start off with a classic Christmas musical, White Christmas, uh, which premiered in New York City's Radio City Music Hall on October 14, 1954. It was directed by Michael Curtiz. Uh, who is a name that a lot of people don't know, but he's a guy who directed Casablanca uh, and many other greats. It stars, of course, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, uh, who some people might know as George Clooney's aunt. And uh, I think he underrated Beer Allen. It was nominated for one Oscar only, and that's for a song. But it wasn't for White Christmas. It was for Count Your Blessings Instead of Sheep. Now, why wasn't it for White Christmas? Because... White Christmas. The song was released almost ten years earlier in another film called Holiday Inn. That's where uh, it premiered with Bing Crosby, in, uh, and it was nominated and won for best uh, song in that in that year. In fact, um, the film is not, neither a sequel to nor a remake of Holiday Inn. Even though that's sort of a persistent myth that continues to this day, there were actually this is actually the third film to feature Bing Crosby singing White Christmas, uh, the other two being Holiday Inn, as I mentioned, in 1942, and Blue Skies in 1946. Now, the film was incredibly successful. Uh, in fact, it was the most successful film of the year in 1954. Uh, it earned $12 million, which today's equivalent would be $120 million. So that's a pretty good haul for uh, for a film. It was the top moneymaker, as I said, of that year. Now, despite the... The title, the posters and the promo, it's really only set at Christmas in the beginning and at the end of the film. Um, but it's become a holiday a holiday staple for all these years. All the songs were written by Irving Berlin, one of the, the greatest, if not the greatest songwriter of the 20th century. And, of course, the centerpiece of the film is the title song. And since its release, the song White Christmas, and people might know this bit of trivia, but uh, it's been covered by many artists. And the version sung by Bing Crosby is, I believe, still the world's best-selling single in terms of physical media uh, with an estimated sales of in excess of $100 million worldwide. So uh, the song White Christmas is one of the most successful songs, if not the most successful song of all time. And here we have it applied to the title of this film.
0: You know, Joe, the one thing that stands out to me in the movie is the showcasing. I, I thought they did a great job of showcasing Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney singing, but also the dancing of the other two co-stars. When you talk about Danny Kaye and Vera Allen, those two were showcased a couple of times with their dancing abilities.
1: The, absolutely. Now, we, we talk about casting a lot, and there's not a whole lot to talk about here because this was developed, of course, for Bing Crosby. Now, here's where it gets interesting, though. They were originally were going to uh, try to do... a uh, uh, Not necessarily a remake, but a a, uh, sort of a revisiting of of, of Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire from Holiday Inn. Now, the plan was to reunite them, uh, but Astaire turned it down because he was sort of temporarily retired at the time, according to him. So Donald O'Connor, the great Donald O'Connor, was cast as Crosby's Uh, co-star. Donald O'Connor is a great dancer, as we've seen in, in Singing in the Rain and many other films. But while he was filming, uh, Francis joins the wax. You, you might remember that Donald O'Connor was in the Francis the Talking Mule films. <laughs> so he was filming one of those films, and he contracted a fever from his co-star, Molly, who is the mule. So he got sick from Francis the Talking Mule and had to pull out of this movie. And Danny Kaye was cast at the last minute as a replacement. And Danny is a wonderful performer, uh, but not the, the dancer uh, up to par with uh, the, the at least uh, um, the rest of his co-stars, including uh, Veer Allen.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Never realized that. Because uh, I thought Danny Kaye was just sensational in the movie myself.
1: Yeah, he's great. And, and uh, you know, he uh, has wonderful comedic timing mm-hmm. and, and kept the show or the series light. Um, and, and, in fact, uh, Bing was going through some personal stuff at the time, and so he was a little bit sullen on the set and, and uh, Danny K was kind of instrumental in lifting him out of his depression.
0: You know, the other thing that stood out to me, and, and, you know, the the movie came out in the mid-50s, was some of the sidebar actors and actresses who you saw a lot during that era. I think of the hotel uh, uh, person who answered at the door. She was in a lot of movies. I think of the guy at the uh, uh, entertainment place in Florida, and he was in a lot of the different movies at the time. They used a lot of signature co-stars.
1: Yeah, a lot of great co-stars. Mary Wicks is... Uh, the woman you're talking about is uh, the, the hotel person, and, and she's great. And, um, you know, the, the Rosemary Clooney uh, actually decided to do this movie because she wanted to work with Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also talked about how Danny Kaye, as I already mentioned, would, would cause many retakes with some of his antics because he was making everybody laugh. And, um, you know, you talk about the supporting cast. Um, Dean Jagger, who plays the general, the, or if they call him the old man, uh, is actually younger than Bing Crosby, so it's sort of funny they refer to him as the old man, but uh, he, he is actually um, younger than Bing Crosby. Well, thought... the, the Ed Harrison TV show that, uh, that Bob appears there, the Bing is, is his character. Bob appears on is a reference to the Ed Sullivan show, who was uh, really getting you know getting off at of that at time. Another kind of fun piece of trivia is um, you might recall that that Vera Allen shows a picture of her brother or alleged brother to, to Bing and Danny Kay, named Benny. And that photo of her brother is actually uh, Carl Alfalfa Schweitzer, as Alfalfa from our gang series. So uh, <laughs> sort of a, a funny cameo by him. The other kind of interesting part about this film is, is the technical side of things. This was the first film photographed in Paramount's widescreen VistaVision process in the 50s television was competing with the movies for the first time. So the film industry was sort of panicking and trying to come up with ways. So there was more color movies at the time, um, and they wanted to make widescreen pictures. And some of them uh, were Cinerama, Cinemascope, and there was a whole bunch of them. But this division was Paramount's version of that. So this is uh, sort of an early widescreen high death film um, that uh, came out in 1954. And, and one uh, another final... Note, I don't know if i call this a fun fact in hindsight, but uh, the snow that they used at the end of the film yeah. was actually
0: asbestos. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I guess that's a fact. We'll leave it at that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>